Welcome once again to the Irish NFL Podcast. It's been a while since we've been talking to you, but now for the 2019 season, we're back with a bang. Um, I'm Mark Cockrell, a fan of the nearly men New England Patriots last season, and I'm joined as always by the uh, never-do-well fan of the uh, New York Giants, Brian O'Leary. Good evening, Max. It's great to be back. Good evening, Brian. Good to have you. And a pensive fan of the putrid Pittsburgh Steelers, Gordon Bridgefield. Gordon. I've been looking forward to this for so long, Mark. Thank you for having us back. It, it only took him six months. <laughs> Brian, as you can tell, has been really looking forward to this. I, I can't think of what you're referring to, guys. I mean, was there a game on since the last time we had a pod? No, I don't think so. I think we're pretty much back into the start of the season, are we not? That's fine. Let's turn our attention to 2019 <laughs> very quickly, then. I, I think it's only fair, Mark, you should have a brief conversation uh. with the last game. Bear in mind all the little tweets that came in going, where's the final podcast? <laughs> Why hasn't Mark come back hey, to us? Hey, hey, uh, not me, not me. I was happy to do a podcast. Um, yeah, look, we're referring to the fact that due to other reasons outside our control, we haven't had a pod since the fateful Super Bowl 52. Um, massive congratulations to any Philly, uh, Philadelphia Eagles fans out there. Of course, Philadelphia beating New England in one of the most entertaining Super Bowls, one of the most entertaining NFL games probably of all time, the highest level of offensive yards in any NFL game in history, post or regular season. Um, hell of a game. Uh, as a Patriots fan, I still wonder what and where our uh, defense is or was and what the hell Mark and Butler was doing on the field. But credit where credit's due. I wasn't doing on the field. I wasn't doing on the field, exactly. I mean, sorry, that's exactly why wasn't he on the field. Um, but credit where credit's due. Philadelphia came out and won that game. They not only the Philly special, not only some of the trick play. Uh, Foles was swinging and he was balling. Um, they took advantage of a weak defense, which we commented on on the pod during the year, saying, saying "Don't think the Patriots' defense is there." But look, nothing is going to ease the pain of Super Bowl 46, 42 for me. Uh, the first Giants loss. This was a little easier to take because the Patriots played well. They well, they played well on offense. They played atrociously on defense, um, and they were just being by the better team on the night. You know, Philadelphia genuinely played better. They went out there, they earned it, they outplayed them. Every, you know, every, it happens. See, why did we? See, we didn't need a podcast, Brian. No. There we go. <laughs> all, all, all summed up just there by Mark. Um, yeah, no, I think. Uh, yeah, like Brian, Mark said, it come some things outside of our control in terms of getting the last few podcasts done. But Brian has been. Uh, not, I wouldn't say annoying, but he's been, what, the motivator of the team? Yeah, Encourage that's my new, it's my new role, isn't it? Yes, that, that's the new role, motivating us to get back into the... I think yeah. he was keen to, to hear me credit the Eagles because, of course, as a Giants fan, he was delighted to see them. Uh, there wasn't a win-win for me. It didn't matter who won the game. <laughs> I, but at the same time, Gordo was disappointed as well. He lost a tenner on his halftime bet. You know, about whether Justin Timberlake wore a hat or not. Yeah. That was, I, like, I tell you, it was, and I was a, it was such a sure thing. I was like, I was texting all of us. I had it in the WhatsApp group. Justin Timberlake, he wears a hat lately. That's his new thing. He's going to wear a hat. And the fucker didn't wear a hat. So, well, we're all worried about whether our spread bets are going to win. Oh. It's just any time <laughs> touchdown going to come in. Gordon's worried about the hat. It's Every, he, everybody who had the yard. And then, bets and then he sent dancing. the photograph that night of Justin Timberlake wearing the hat during the game. Yeah. I actually he, thought it was you. He, no, he decided to put the hat on when he went back up to his fancy box that Goodell gave him. I, I will be honest. Unfortunately, me and Brian were on the north side watching the game. Gordo was on the south side and the, the WhatsApp chat was going mental. Um, but like Brian says, we were at halftime basically all cashing in on every yardage bet for every receiver in yeah. any game was coming in trumps. Quarterback yardage was coming in trumps. Everybody was loving life. And 
Gordon does text about the the hat bet. You have to find which we thought was. I mean, how much money has gone on this five to six bet? Yeah, and then you broke the news of the big tenor. That oh, was that was that was special, mate. It, you got to find value. That's that, that's the key. Value. Find value in Paddy Power, and that's what I did. Justin <laughs> Timberlake to wear a hat during the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> who's, but doing, I, who's doing it this year? I don't know, has it been announced? No, it hasn't been announced. Oh, yeah. It won't too, be announced too, 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 far, too far out, you, yes. they, might, they might contact you to see how you feel. <laughs> to see if yeah. you feel about okay and then wearing a hat. But no, look, as I say, credit to the Philadelphia Eagles. If uh, Carson Wentz, Wentz hadn't been injured, I would have said they should have gone into the game as favourites. Really exciting for Philly fans going forward. They've maintained the core of the team. They've got their number one quarterback coming up, and number two, who's just proved himself Super Bowl MVP. I mean... Everything literally is green for the Eagles. I read a very good article on Fowles last week where they said, why hasn't he pushed to be traded on the back of being the MVP in the Super Bowl? Because again, he's going to be the backup again this season. But they were conscious of the fact that in 12 months he'll be a free agent and he'll have the choice of a lot of teams and a big contract where there was talk of him being traded to the Browns, Gordos, one of Gordos teams. No disrespect to the Browns, but Fowles now, having won the Super Bowl, is probably in a better position to be playing for someone yeah. Than the Browns. yeah, and if you're the Eagles and you've got him at a reasonable value, I mean, yeah. it's quite expensive for a backup, but it's still not bad considering what he's just done. In the long run, didn't you've it? got a hell of a lot of comfort behind having him there to back up and potentially deliver. Well, I think I think he knows as well if he goes to be a starter anywhere else, he can't perform to the level he performed this season with the Eagles. And for him, like for a man that was close to telling, he was telling the world he was very close to retiring at one point, that he was going to give up on the dream of playing for him, he's kind of saying, well, I can make plenty of money here as one of the highest paid backup quarterbacks on a team I enjoy playing for yeah. um, with a player coming back from an ACL he, injury. He has been that sexy free agent before and it crashed and burned for him uh, yeah. based on the limited audition. So, and he had to know. rebuild his career and you know he won a Super Bowl for it. You can't ask for much more. It's, it's unlikely, but who's, who's to say Wentz will come back to the same quarterback after the end? No, I've, I've that's, that's the thing, yeah. His escapability and the mobility, you'd, you'd hope so. Same thing with Deshaun Watson uh, for the I Texans. Don't hope so. Yeah, I know you don't hope so. But Deshaun Watson for the Texans, I think, is even more because he relied upon his legs even more so. So you hope for those young quarterbacks for the excitement of the league. I mean, to be honest, watching it, and I tried to watch it neutrally. I've actually been able to watch some of the game since, which I usually can't do with a Super Bowl loss. I haven't watched anything on defense, but I've watched the, uh, the offensive plays again. Um, they, uh, you know, we've been very lucky with the last few Super Bowls. I mean, we had the Pats' amazing comeback victory. And look, again, as a fan, I must admit, having won two of the last three Super Bowls, I can deal with the loss a little bit easier than I could on other teams. You know, first world problems and all that. But we had the Pats' amazing comeback against Atlanta. Uh, the Pats Seahawks game as well, which featured a, an amazing fourth quarter we comeback. We've had some that, really that was great. A better Super Bowl of the last few that's been. Oh, I mean, if you if you liked defense and all round quality, you couldn't rate the Eagles Pats game over the Pats Seahawks game. I would I would agree with that. That was a better quality of football, but yeah. for sheer excitement, the one game a year that 130 million Americans, that a growing number of international audience tune in for, you want them to see. The razzmatazz and the dazzle. So for the growing evolution of the game, I think it's good. No, I think it was a great, great Super Bowl. And we're now in the midst of the funny season or the off season for the NFL. And we're yeah. starting back to training camp soon. So it's kind of the last few months as you're reading the bare bones and, you know, suddenly lots of things that generally wouldn't be considered news or news, but we're finally slowly but surely getting back into the yeah, real deal. We've had the draft. We've had the free agency. Training camp and the inevitable season-long injuries are about to kick off. And next week, we are really turning the page into 2019 season. Um, actually, two last Super Bowl thoughts to, to help us turn that page. Next season, we will have the first division with 
for Super Bowl champions, all in division, which of course will be the NFC East, with all four teams now having won the Super Bowl. And potentially, and I'll just put this out there early, if the Patriots make it back to the Super Bowl, if, big if, uh, they will be the third team after two other AFC East teams to make three Super Bowls in a row. We've waited like six that. months to get back, and he's, oh, already, he's already fast forwarded in six months. I know. But I'm just, I'm just saying, guys, these are things we should look out for. Um, we will also, during the 2019 season, be on uh, record watch. Drew Brees is about to obliterate Peyton Manning's passing yards records. Um, Brady will soon follow in the touchdown records if you include a regular season and postseason. He's probably going to overtake Manning. He overtakes, he will overtake Manning probably this season. If it's just regular season, the way the NFL does its records, he'll probably be a couple of years catching up with Peyton um, you know so th- those types of things will be interesting for us uh, equally as well in the Eagles winning the Super Bowl uh, did you know Chris Long and LeGarrette Blunt became part of a very unique group of people uh, the seventh and eighth members of what either players that have won back to back Super Bowls with two different teams that's the one. Oh, there we go Neon Dion being another famous example, Dion Saunders with the 49ers and the Cowboys, but there's only seven. Um, Long returns with the Eagles this year, so you could say he's got a chance of going back to back to back. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt's just been traded to Lions, so you can write off his chances. Yeah, pretty much. Um, that's ever happening. You, 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 well, he's a free agent deal, but still. He's, you can he's pretty much say he's probably going to be retired from the amount of work he's going to be doing the, the miracle Lions. walker if the Lions win the Super Bowl. It would be something well, more than a miracle. And your former uh, defensive coordinator has gone to the Lions. Yeah, Matt Patricia. So in coaching moves, uh, obviously we covered an awful lot of these before the Super Bowl, but obviously Matt Patricia is going to be coaching the Lions. Um, you know, Mike Vrabel is going to be coaching the Texans. A few old Patriot stalwarts in that regard. Um, the Belichick general manager tree continues to grow and continues to develop, but the coaching tree uh, could use a couple of branches and leaves on it because it's uh, been pre- pretty poor uh, other than that. Um, so, guys, look, as I said, we're turning to 2019 season. Before we kick into just, I suppose, generally covering a load of topics, in the next coming weeks, we will run more regular pods. We'll run our contenders and pretenders sections uh, again, breaking down each one of the 32 teams prior to the start of the 2019 season. We'll also obviously be updating with news as it evolves, particularly from training camp, rookies to look out for, e- excitement galore. Um, obviously, if we're following the draft, uh, there's going to be some quarterback developments. There's going to be some new interesting moves following draft and free agency and kicking it off Monday night on ESPN uh, for the opening game of the season. We will have a game that sounds appalling, which is the Jets at the Lions, but has clearly really been picked only because Sam Darnold, they're expecting to start. Yeah, well, I suppose Sam Darnold for a long time was deemed to be the number one selection in the draft. Everybody expected him to go to the Browns and then just after last week progressed towards the draft. Gordo got involved with the general manager and said... Had a word. Had a word and said uh, Baker Mayfield was his choice. So, uh, yeah, then obviously the Giants were all in on Saquon Barkley, thank God. And... uh, Darnold falls to the Jets, and now all of a sudden we have a, an enticing Monday night game at the start of the season. Sam Darnold is the new big thing in, in New York. Yeah, no, I think, I think all the, the, the QB stuff that happened in the draft was really exciting. Personally, I'm actually glad Sam Darnold didn't go to, to the Browns. I think in the Jets, he might actually get a chance to grow a little bit in terms of not having to be with the Browns, who just haven't had a quarterback for years upon years upon years. Um, again, Baker Mayfield is Baker Mayfield. How he dropped to, to the Browns to that. But, or, sorry, how the Browns went from at number one when nobody was speaking about it. Everyone yeah. assumed he was, their Browns were never going to select Baker Mayfield. So you think the Browns are messed up again? I don't know. See, again, I, it was like the any of these Manziel stuff that happened in the past. You kind of go, no, it was a good one. You can see why they've done it. 
I'm just going to hold out. I think this is the first time the Browns have selected a QB where they have somebody in-house in Tyra Taylor who they can actually play and they don't need to worry about putting in their starting, their, their rookie quarterback straight away. And for, for guys who haven't been actively watching our following free agent, Taylor's come out from the Bills. From the Bills, and, yeah. it's, a, and it's a good one for the Browns. Like, we'll, we'll get into the free agency a bit more. Browns have done very well in that. I think where all the other QBs have landed, Darnold to the Jets, I think is a really good move. Um, the Buffalo Bills picked up Josh Allen, Josh Allen, which everyone is kind of saying he's the gunslinger. He's your, yeah. your next Stafford. I think I, there's a bit. I found that a little bit of a desperate move because for a long yeah. time he was seemed to be quite far down the draft board, and well, all of a sudden the value of quarterbacks well, people started quite, to escalate. Yeah, people have questioned his desire to actually play the game. I think was the big thing. Um, but the the one QB who I'm really looking forward to seeing is the Atlanta Falcons, or not sorry, the Arizona Cardinals. Who, uh, Josh Rosen. who picked up Josh Chosen Rosen. Rosen. Yeah. Um, well, it's funny you mentioned both the Bills and the Cards as well because the Bills also picked up A.J. McCarron, yes. who had been a backup in Cincinnati for a number of years. Who's you know, won two national titles I, with Alabama. I was a fan of him in the, the, so again, the pre-draft when he was coming into the, the yeah. NFL. He was ha- ra- highly rated. I am um, also a fan of Catherine Webb, but still, let's uh, move, <laughs> that's move a, on from that. That's another you, you were pushing last year that Dalton really had, had a time and maybe McLaren should have got, got a proper go in, in Cincinnati. Well, I think, I think AJ has never actually had a chance to play yet, which when they drafted him high enough, um, like the Bengals did, and with the fact that you know they haven't done well there with Dalton, I always assumed that they would give him a chance. So I thought when the Bills made that trade, I thought, brilliant. But then when they gave up such a high first round for their choice this year, I kind of going, oh. well, well, two thoughts on that because McCarron obviously came to fruition, sorry, came to prominence last year when the Browns had that aborted trade bid, offering two low round, I think a second and a third or second and a fourth for McCarron to come across from Cincinnati and it fell apart and everyone was saying, how can the Patriots get a second round for Jimmy Garoppolo and they can't pick up, uh, you know, it was more a criticism than the Patriots probably deserved uh, given Garoppolo hasn't lost a game yet. Um, but McCarron, you know, kind of obviously there are people that respect him. I kind of wonder with the Bills, is it like a couple of years ago we had Matt Flynn, the big free agent, going over to Seattle and they drafted Russell Wilson in the third round and basically said, best player wins. Flynn coming off 580 yards and six you touchdowns could, in his Green Bay start. Could it be the same in reverse that actually McCarron ends out outplaying the top pick and starting for the Bills? Oh, they've, they've given up so much though. Yeah, but the, the problem with the Bills is they had two picks in the fourth round. So they were, I suppose they were able to risk, you know, give up a second round pick to move up because they, they had that other fourth round pick in the background. Yeah. You know, I think they took a, Edwards, I think they took a very good linebacker with that pick. So, yeah, I, I do agree they went, for a guy who was for so long deemed to be way down the draft board. Yeah, he to, was, uh, everyone. To move uh, up to seven to take him. And, and everyone just saying he was the, your one-armed cannon sort of quarterback and that's what he's good at. And again, that's why the weather will suit him out in Buffalo and the likes. But uh, I thought, I think the Cardinals did really well with their selection though. Yeah, and especially after they had, they got in on Sam Bradford during free agency. Yeah, I was going to say as well. A genius, another twenty million contract oh. for Sam Bradford. <laughs> but you had um, he will be the bridge, hopefully, if his shoulder holds. Yeah, Peterson come out and basically say, like you know Bradford is on his day one of the best QBs in a game. Still like, has never broken five hundred. Never won more games than he's lost in a season. But never finished the season. Spent yeah, more time injured. Spent most of the time on the injury list. But even when he has played, he hasn't been yeah. an absolute decision, a d- decisive change. But uh, for his team but you're right you look at him he looks like he's got all the attributes he can make any throw he's impressed people ever since he was initially coming out in the draft he's never actually made it happen maybe he would have done it last year with the, the Vikings you know and in terms of if it hadn't been for all the injuries and Keenum coming in etc maybe it would have been his year but still uh, and just on Keenum I mean obviously probably the two biggest 
arguably the two biggest free agency quarterback moves was the two NFC, uh, sorry, the Keenan playing in the NFC Championship game for Minnesota. He's gone to Denver. Yeah. And um, Cousins, which I suppose we discussed last year, was inevitable. He was going to move away from Washington and he's gone on one of the one of the biggest contracts with well, the first the first ever fully guaranteed contract yeah, he's gone to minnesota which makes them a serious player this yeah. year well that, and, and again that his move dictated the draft because again the giants would not have um drafted and moved up for darnold if they had gotten kirk cousins it's the knock-on effect of everything i mean you rightly say first fully ever gar- fully guaranteed contract against injury against anything which is yeah. which is huge news and you know, hopefully we think of trend. He did sacrifice a few quid, you could say, from his agent, but an interesting sign from an NF- NFLPA and yeah. general players' consideration. But it's not going to affect Cousins went to Vikings. They're all on, on him. Keenum to the Broncos. They're getting rid of the Simeon and the nonsense that they had there. Osweiler playing a game yeah. last season again, and they're just going for broke with him. Alex Smith then, this is where they'll knock on, goes to the Redskins because they've got rid of Cousins. And so heir apparent Patrick Mahomes is going to be the man in Kansas City. God, I love child. And yep. Alex Smith is going to be captain check down in well, Washington. Alex Smith was actually traded. That wasn't a free agency move. That actually happened. Sorry, you're right. It was yeah. a trade. Apologies. And it actually yeah, happened yeah. even before the season ended. But just saying, it was the knock-on effect it's of the all of, of the quarterbacks. Yeah. Whereas other teams, and I know we touched on them, are going double up, even with draft picks. So the Cards, draft pick, and Bradford. The Jets, Darnold's yeah. draft pick, and Bridgewater, who went yeah. there, who's one of the three Vikings quarterbacks up in free agency this year. Um, McCarron and uh, the Bills we've already talked about and then as you said Gordo the Browns Mayfield but also Tyrod Taylor Mayfield could sit for a year behind Tyrod if he performs in uh, preseason maybe they'll put him in there you've got a very capable backup yeah. there I'm, I'm, I'm slow to like get too far into Baker Mayfield and the reason being is every time I get excited about you've the Browns you've seen the Browns for the last number of years yeah and every time I get excited about the moves they make and again they've made so many this year but there was one piece that came out about Mayfield and I, I sent it into our WhatsApp group he went on that show, um, the Colin Coward show. The Colin Coward show, who, who I hate, I think is one of the worst uh, American football sports presenter people out there. He's awful. But he had Mayfield on, and he brought up the whole video of Mayfield running away from the the guards in um, in America at that time when they were trying to arrest him. And he tried to make a run for it, questioning his, you know, the guards were there. Sorry, the is, is it, was his right guard and his left guard? Sorry, <laughs> sorry, the police. When the police were there and they tried to arrest him, and he ran. And he's just bringing up the whole point of like, you know, this questions who you are, this sort of person. And it's well worth looking at how Baker Mayfield handles that situation with Cowan because he really does give it back to him kind of saying like, why are you bringing up something that... It's not relevant. It's not relevant. It's been, it's in the past. The teams know about it. They, this isn't new news. Like, again, this isn't who I am. It was a mistake I made. And he just speaks of somebody that has a kind of a higher level of um, mature, ma- no, maturity than the likes of... Manziel and, and other people that Browns have drafted in the past. I think that's probably what won him, won the Browns over on Baker Mayfield. Uh, he's Gordo, seen, Gordo, my kid is about to turn four. He has a higher level of maturity than Johnny Manziel. Well, well, we've, well we've, we've, all, we've all learned. Dorsey, we've all the learned general that, manager, in fairness, is always, he's, you know, he has a reasonably good knowledge of players. And you'd like to think, I was surprised by the fourth pick, actually. They had the fourth they pick. They had first the and fourth pick, yeah. And everybody assumed they would go in on Nick Chubb, defensive end that ended up with Denver. Denver couldn't believe that lucky falls to them. But uh, they've gone in with a um, cornerback. I can't recall his name off the top of my head. But it was no, no. They did go. Yeah, you're right. I can't think of the cornerback's name. But it was. It was deemed, it deemed to be a surpri- surprise at the time. As a as a, t- a fan of a team who plays in the AFC and noting that Denver's br- uh, Denver's defense had 
dropped a little in the last year, even though they've got some amazing players. They're obviously Von Miller, etc. Um, and the, on the back end, Chris Harris, Aqib Talib. I was delighted to see Nick Chubb drop to them and basically replenish uh, uh, an aging defense there. I mean, Elway makes some great moves there, but he's got bloody lucky at times, I have to say. I think yeah. he's been very, very fortunate. But that was a very good draft fall for them. He seems like he can be a difference maker. But, you know, we'll wait to see when they actually... Denzel, Denzel Ward, cornerback. Denzel yeah. Ward, that's it. Um, it depends on when they get to the, the, the field and see how they adapt and see how they adapt to the different systems and different approaches. Well, I think we said, well, what was the over-unders for the Browns this year? Was seven, seven, six two. Sorry. <laughs> six, six or seven. Um, like, again, I got excited last preseason for the Browns and it fell apart. But And the other one then, Todd Haley, I think he's gone over there as the offensive coordinator. He, he was has, the yeah. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. Fell out, fallen out with the Steelers after their shambolic... Well, it was his, his, his relationship with, with, with Ben Roethlisberger has always been, apparently got to the stage where they don't even talk. So, uh, Well, it was ever since Bruce Arians was ousted as, as offensive the, uh, coordinator there and obviously was went he, on. Was he not QB? Um, co- oh, no, he was offensive. Was he QB coach or offensive coordinator? He oh. was offensive coordinator. Offensive, yeah. um, and he obviously had a, a close relationship with uh, Roethlisberger ben. and yeah. Big Ben and gone very well there. Um, obviously, he went on to do... Uh, the two of them are very similar. Haley doesn't come across very well at times. And no. no, no, no. I think you, you're right. Is, Big They're Ben is hardly setting them. Um, like Big Ben threw his toys out of pram and he thought the Steelers were going to tra- draft a quarterback. I said they did draft a quarterback. They did. And he says, oh, I won't be here to help that guy. You know? Well, that was... That's it was it, it, Big Ben, I keep saying to you, is Brett Favre in disguise. Yeah. And every year that passes, he started with the retirement rumours. That's going to be an off-season story every year from now on. He's going, oh, I might retire. Maybe I won't. Maybe I won't. And the same thing, throwing his toys out of pram about new quarterback I mean what if you remember Favre's comments when they drafted Rodgers were unreal the quarterback they drafted yeah um, what did you say the cornerback for Browns was Denzel Ward is something Mason I think is the is it maybe something was Mason? it Mason Alexander I don't know I don't know anyway, anyway it's not he's not an immediate threat to Ben but the fact is no, but it, Big but, but, Ben's behaviour doesn't bode well well what Big Ben was saying future. yeah well what Big Ben was saying was you've like you know I only have a few more years left why didn't you put it on you know Brett Favre yeah. 2005 drafting Aaron Rodgers in the first round pick. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. You were on the right track. Mason Rudolph. Mason, Mason Ru- Rudolph. I knew, it, I knew it was Mason something, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, that's good for yeah. you. Though. you and, appa- and apparently he's, again, he's a lower down, like as a third round quarterback, I think it was. Yeah. Um, he was a later round pick. But yeah. look, we, we, we'll see how it pans out. He's not an immediate threat to Ben. Hopefully it'll no. be a bit good backup for them, uh, for a uh, Steelers fans' perspective. Yeah. Um, something well, they've been missing. You know, they haven't had a decent backup quarterback and Ben, Big Ben, inevitably gets injured. Well, we'll be Surely though, Gordon, the bigger even. crisis is the fact that Le'Veon Bell, he's gone. Yeah. He's going, going, gone. I, I, it's, I, I still don't get what he's trying to achieve because he, it, sort of his view and his agent's view is that the Steelers are trying to pay the position, not the player. So that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to pay the position, not the player. And Le'Veon Bell, I think the last offer that was made to him was three years at seventeen million a year. I think was essentially what he was offered. But he wants he feels he's worth closer I, to twenty. I remember his argument before was with the amount of receptions he gets, you should pay me as if I was a number one running back plus a slot receiver. Yeah. And was his line of argumentation. Um but the question remains if Steelers don't stump up and he goes into Free agency in due course. I mean, obviously, the, they've got the flexibility of a franchise uh, tag. Well, they could apply. I think you can only apply that so many times for... You can. Well, you can keep applying it at an increased premium unless it's contractually written out. But after about two years, it becomes 
unviable yeah. um, in relation to it. But so he's he's locked into a one year fourteen point five million deal. Yeah, yeah. There's the franchise tag for running backs. So, but the, so will the, anybody pay twenty million a year for well, him? So, 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 so you'll find the team that is desperate. Well, so the, the Steelers reportedly desperate. offered a five year deal that would have paid him around thirty million over the first two years of the contract, with a guaranteed fourteen point five million this year on the tag. Um, and it doesn't. Yeah, yeah so they're trying to get a discount. They're trying to get a hometown discount. Sounds like to me. I don't know, Gord. I mean, Jesus, the way you handle your contractual business, the brand, you know, Steelers are clearly falling apart. But again, if they, if if the Steelers who don't have the greatest cap space in the league, uh, I think that's fairly well known. Yeah. Pay over the odds for Le'Veon Bell. Like again, it sets a precedent, and I, I can guarantee you the rest of the NFL is sitting there looking, kind of going, "Please don't do it," because then you've got the likes of. Um, David Johnson, the or, Cardinals, or in New, New Orleans, their 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 new running back at a rookie, uh, Alvin Kamara, Alvin Kamara. Um, like you've got these players that are becoming more utilised. Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette. It's going to be epidemic. It, yeah. Exactly, Saquon Barkley. So Saquon Barkley, you're one leg injury away mm-hmm. from your entire season being ruined. No, no, so, no. so so we're a different team now. Well, I mean, yeah. Gordo, Gordo, be aware of this. But for listeners, I mean, the one good thing about not having done a pod for a couple of months is you haven't had to listen like we've had to listen to Brian O'Leary every day going on about Saquon Barkley. Yeah, as if he's the savior. Yeah, he is the Messiah. I mean, he's yeah. clearly given up on Eli, but we all know he's no, a mediocre we haven't quarterback. Given up on Eli at all. He's a mediocre quarterback. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but but back 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 to your question about Steelers and the contract situation, I do think. It's kind of at that stage where they're done, but I don't think uh, Le'Veon Bell will make that sort of money um, anywhere else in the league. Yeah, I don't think he'll come anywhere close to it. So I think it's kind of a battle that. And then he's talking about he would retire instead, and you're kind of going now no, again. Won't. I won't. I won't. I won't. I just don't. Yeah, I, it was a fair offer. I don't think they'll. He'll take his fourteen point five. They'll work him like a dog for the year, and. Either he'll finish the year healthy or he'll finish Look, the year injured. He, he's not the only one. Earl Thomas has had an ongoing saga with the Seahawks. Yeah. Um, everyone wants to turn Gronk and his scenario with the Patriots into a story. But actually, but Thomas, there are Tom- holdouts. I mean, Thomas is a holdout. I mean, he's, he, not, he's playing he's, Seahawks because, you mean, you, me and you went along to the NFL event last March. And, in Dublin, yeah. Yeah, and he was there and even he was kind of thrown out the Cowboys. I know he's been thrown out in other times where he's... But he did, he did basically say, he did say, he said, come yeah, and get me. come and get me. He, he said, come and get me publicly. And then at the event in Dublin, he said, yeah, my agent's talking to Jerry. I'll leave it to them. It was something along those yeah. lines, but it was ba- basically, we all looked it, at it each other. It was enough to make a story. Or did he yeah. just say that? And, and he's obviously going out and he's saying that quite publicly. Uh, there, here, there and everywhere. Um, Dallas would love him. I mean, it's not going to happen. But I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but there are lots of holdouts, lots of contract stories and negotiations for uh, most teams. Some draft picks still haven't been signed up. Generally, they phase them down. I know Patriots have done Sony Michael, the running back they drafted, uh, who, who we drafted at 31, but the 29th pick's just been done, so everything's slotting in eventually there. Um, so, uh, sorry, we drafted at 30, I think. Uh, but anyway, um, it's all starting to take shape. One of the things, however, I want to touch on that's been an off-season story before we get too in detail on the teams and everything that constantly comes up and makes me want to throw my hair, uh, tear my hair out is the NFL remains in the headlines all the way through the year, most of the time because the league office is absolutely incompetent. And what I'm referring to here is, again, we've had a summer of suspensions for various players. And my bugbear about this is, so there's been a number of notable PED suspensions. Julian Edelman from the Pats is uh, a very high-profile one. Um, 
But again, there's been 20 odd players suspended for PED usage. I don't mind the PEDs because at least it's clear. You're responsible for everything you put in. If you get an adverse test, it's a four-game suspension. I think only Richard Sherman successfully appealed because there was a breakdown in the chain of custody of the sample, which they didn't follow proper procedure. That's fine. At least that's clear. That's consistent. Everyone knows where they stand. But the personal conduct stuff and the league's position of we're clamping down on this and then what they actually do and the inconsistency year to year. I mean, you know, who, who, I'm not, who are you referring to? Well, I'm, not, I'm oh. not a Cowboys fan, right? Um, in any way, shape, form. I know you're not. Um, but Ezekiel last year, six-game ban for a retrospective offence. Back to your point about Baker Mayfield, Gordon. For something he did, or allegedly did, before he even joined the NFL, while he was still a college student. We've now got circumstances where we're getting Jamie Swinston just got three games for yet another claim of rape. I mean, because he's been accused of this a few different times during his college career and his NFL career was convicted of stealing crab's legs of yeah. all the bloody things. Uh, again, other... You, you need crab's legs. Other, other criminal offence, and they kind of say, it, well, it would be six, but we're taking mitigating events into... Yeah. So, well, so, his, is it the team? Lawyer, I, I, well, I, is it the team or is it the court position? But I think, well? I, yeah, well, I think, th I think that situation is slightly different to some other ones because in that one, you know, when you've been accused once, fair enough, twice, three times, four times, regardless of there being evidence or you've been accused, I, I appreciate it, but the, the one is the... Is it the Reuben Foster situation in the 49ers? Yeah. So, for example, he was accused of something. It then came out that his girlfriend was it that his girlfriend said, sorry, that wasn't true, or yes. I, yeah, li yeah. I lied to the police, or his yeah. ex-girlfriend said that. And yet he's still going to get banned. Or did he get banned? Has he, that been I think he was reduced down to two games. He was reduced, so, but he so, still so, got a suspension. That's so, exactly so, so, the so, so, so that situation, in my eyes, is where the NFL is just power-hungry and power-mad. Because, again, they haven't done anything wrong. They've been proven that you know somebody lied about them to put them in the situation, but you're basically saying you've put yourself in a situation for somebody to make up an accusation against you, we should ban you for that. And that's where I draw the line. I'm kind of going, that's ridiculous. For one game less than Winston got. Yeah. Because Winston's now only got three games. I mean, yeah. Winston's a moron the best of times. That, yeah. that clip last year of him eating the W yeah. in advance of the Saints game is still one of the most bizarre and stupidest things. I've ever I definitely think, but again, like there was, you know, somebody made a claim they stuck to it. It was formal. It went through the process and yeah, he's yeah. getting banned. That I agree with. It's these ones where people just make accusations. It's proven not to be true, but yet the NFL are kind of saying, I agree, it's but, not over but yet. But then there's got to be a difference in the suspension. There's got to be a difference in, in the treatment. If you're going to be serious about this, be serious about this. Um, there are others that have come up. I mean, on the PEDs front, I know I mentioned Edelman, but um, Thomas Davis of the, the Panthers, Panthers yeah. that, was, that so, was a shocker. And that's a, that's, but the, que know, the question here is, how are they all getting caught? Because... It, it's the same with the marijuana. They know when they're getting tested. As in, uh, they, they know the periods. Like, if you've never been caught for marijuana, my understanding of how it operates is you know the exact period you're getting tested. understanding how marijuana operates? In the NFL. Oh, right, okay. Not, not in personal life. In the NFL, that you know the exact dates, if you've never been caught before, when you'll be tested. So you can basically, five weeks out from your test, not smoke, and then smoke for the rest of the season and never get caught. It is, it the is, minute you get caught, yeah. then it's a bit, it becomes a bit more It is fundamentally different from athletics and cycling and other sports where you have to notify testers of your presence. They can test at any times. Yeah. The drug testing regime in the NFL is far more limited yeah. than other sports. Yeah. Um, but clearly, people are still falling foul. There is a kind of a wide scope of uh, supplements and things that are banned and... They have a, a broad scope of stuff where we'll say, well, if certain elements are appearing, 
we might not be able to identify what it is, but we know there are certain stimulants that have given you an advantage, so we don't have to prove it. Um, Vontez Berfic was another one that got four games. I mean, I think he should just get banned for being Vontez Berfic, personally, rather than the, PD. The one I found interesting last week was the Dante Fowler one. Yes. Yeah. And the Jags have made that decision. That's not to do with the NFL. They haven't been happy with certain ways that he's... Conducting himself. Conducting himself, and they put a one-match ban on him, and he's not going to play against the Giants. Multiple criminal matters with the police, of minor nature or various infringements, but it's that's a Tom Coffin ongoing. I'm making a point here, and they've banned him for one game as a part of team discipline, which is good. But again, if the NFL is being serious about it, what are you going to do, guys? You know, but but I think it should be the the teams look after. But then, if you're the likes of the Miami Dolphins, and suddenly your team rules and regulations get released regarding the anthem, where you're basically saying our team is going to stand, otherwise we're going to ban you for a game or fine you. and like It's just madness. And but it's so different because the Jets, for example, are saying if their players don't stand, we'll pay, we'll pay for it. Yeah. You know? So it's a, the whole thing's a farce. They, haven't, they won't resolve that. It'll go on. No, that'll, that'll, that'll keep rumbling on. Players coming yeah. out saying, fine me, I'll pay it. Yeah, just one actually you discussed with me the other day, the general manager in Arizona. Yeah, I was, so the Arizona Cardinals, I've been following all summer. Um, they've been putting Team out number four? No, 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 just, again... If Five, no? See, Five again, probably, unlike he, I don't have children or a life so after he has, he, Let's just check. We need to check from the 2019 season. So we have the Steelers. Yeah, number one. We have the Browns. Still my number two. Chiefs. Falcons. Chiefs. No, no. I'm just... Uh, just Chiefs. Chiefs for number three. Not, 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 not Patrick Mahomes. Not, not Chiefs. Just, just, I'd like to see Mahomes do well. Yeah, no, no, there, there was one episode in the montage where you said, uh, oh, I've really got a lot of time for the Atlanta Falcons. So yes, he was. So that's yeah. where the Falcons You can, you can throw them in there with Dan Quinn. I do like Dan Quinn. So that's likes, for... Yeah. You look a bit like Dan Quinn. Yeah, well, there, there you go. It's in <laughs> slightly bigger, chubbier version, but it's not far <laughs> off. Um, but anyway, back to my point. Thanks for <laughs> sidetracking me there a little bit. The Arizona Cardinals, if... Team number five. Yeah, if anybody here actually follows the YouTube channels of any of these teams, they've all started now doing their own version of a... Not a hard knocks, but a five six episode in-depth look at the team and i think the arizona cardinals one is called flight plan or something along the lines of that Uh, and it was really interesting because again their general manager is this uh john climb is it or what's the general manager's name oh god brian 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 we're we're only back so we have we have to be given it yeah it's kaim it's k-e-i-m i I think is the second name i was gonna say it's john climb because john robinson's the time i just can't remember the first name uh, but whatever anyway dave kaim no krieg Come on, Dave Brian. Craig is the Panthers. Well, you, you tell yeah. the story and I'll come back to you. So, but throughout these episodes, you're following it and you kind of realise, like, this guy came up as a scout, he's now the general manager of the team, and you're kind of looking on, I really respect this guy. And then a few weeks later, he gets done for DUI. Uh, and again, apparently, straight away, the minute he got pulled over, he rang the club, rang the NFL, put it up, and again, getting suspended now in a fine as well for driving under the influence as the GM of the Arizona Cardinals. Steve so Kime. Steve Kime. Gee, we'll get there. We'll get there by the middle of the season. We'll be able to recite yeah, these you'll, names. You'll know him off the top of your head. A yeah. yeah. couple of weeks. But again, yeah. So, so that was an issue because I've been following him on YouTube and I was like, he just like I'm following him that way if you can't remember his name. As a, as <laughs> a GM, he, he was interesting to follow and then suddenly, boom, DUI. Well, I mean, it's not like he did coke in the office of the, uh, the coach's room w- w- like w- w- the or d- Dolphins' ex-offensive coordinator. S- sending to his hooker mistress. Yeah. I mean, actually, mentioning the Dolphins and offensive coordinators, something we should have kicked off. A bit of sad news that came yeah. over the weekend. Uh, Tony Sperano, who I still to this day keep on to call Tony Soprano, but Tony Sperano, a long-time offensive coach in the league, coached with the... Uh, Dolphins for many years took over as head coach uh, of the Dolphins 08 to 11 head coach of the Jets or the offensive line coach of the Jets 
recently working as O-line coach in Minnesota Vikings, passed away. Um, I am follow the details, but I think they're intimating a heart attack or something yes, of nature. I mean, um, not we're, the we're greatest, well liked, very, very well liked. Not the greatest head coach in the world, but a very good and mm. very well-respected offensive line coach. Um, my memory of him f- from being obviously a Pats fan was in 08 where he took over the Dolphins. He took them from 1-15, and 15, his first year as a head coach, uh, to 11-5 and five team. They made the playoffs with Chad Pennington. I think it was the fourth game of the year and he suddenly broke out the Wildcat. And the Wildcat craze took over, if you like, the NFL. It's a derivation of single wing and he had a lot of help because at the time, if I remember rightly, his quarterback's coach and his offensive coordinator both run it at, at university. Um, David Lee and... Henning, I think, John Henning, uh, or Dan Henning, sorry. So they all had experience with O-lines with running the Wildcat. And as Belichick said once they'd been beaten 38-13, he said, look, I know what the Wildcat is. I know what single wing is. They just flat out beat us up front. If you win the offensive line, you win everything. And kind of paid credit to Sperano as a coach for getting his team ready to roll this out and implement it. Is he the only coach to top the Pats in the last 15 years? Would that be an accurate statement? Uh, The Jets... Beat us and the the, the um, 2002 Dolphins. Uh, yeah, so probably in the last 15 years. Yeah, Sorry, I'm just thinking. Yeah, uh, last Dolphins, 15 Dolphins fan texted me last night. I, I was having a conversation with him around. Yeah, Murano but that's right. That, that's they said, won yeah. the they won the season that year. That was the year Pat's had Matt Castle with Tom, Tom Brady having oh, yeah, injured against the ten, Chiefs. Ten yeah. six years he didn't make the No, no, eleven and five. Pat's went eleven and five. They lost to the Dolphins on tiebreakers. And Chad Pennington, sorry, it was the Jets in 2002 because the only quarterback to come over Tom Brady, uh, to beat out Tom Brady, that's the wrong expression again, to be top of Tom Brady in a division is Chad Pennington twice, yeah. once with the Jets, once with the Dolphins. It, it, but credit to Sperano for that and, you know, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it, thoughts with the family type thing. It's, it's a horrible it, loss. Well, it's a sad one because, again, I was reading the details on it and it was a Sunday and he was going to church with his family um, and his wife came back in. Earlier that week, he'd been complaining of chest pains, went to the hospital, had scans, the whole shebang um, was cleared. Uh, and that Sunday, just before they were going to church, he walked back in to find him on the floor of the kitchen. And I think it's just so, it's a thing within the NFL of the head coaches, as in we've seen it with the former Arizona Cardinals, Bruce Arians, who again, yeah, heart troubles, heart yeah. troubles through it all. It's not, and he was coming, this would have been his 20th season as an NFL coach um, this year. Um, Sperano so it's uh, it's sad news but it just shows you like the jobs are not easy that the coaches the do the players are off during the off season most of the coaches wouldn't be off so no no no, no. They're, they're working on the draft they're working on free agency they're working on the Going plans for last next season games and yeah, um, yeah 56 years of age you know, you know young young man there's yeah. three head coaches older than that you know um, Belichick um, yeah you have to you have to be a type of person go on Belichick Seahawks um Pete Carroll and yeah. someone uh, Arians, but Arians retired, so actually yeah. probably only two. But yeah, I mean, look, it's it's it, very sad to see. And it's a tough lifestyle. It's one of these ones that these guys love and will move across the country for throughout their careers. And yeah, you have to be a sort of person to do it. So yeah, it's sad news. Um, okay, um, so look, off you know, very sad about Tony Sperano. Unfortunately, his team will go on. The Vikings obviously were a surprise last season. Um, just a general question to you guys, and I know we'll talk about our contenders and pretenders in due course. They've had such a turnover now. All three quarterbacks going to the four wins, if you like. Cousins coming in. Can they do it again? In terms of going to the championship game? So in terms of going to the championship game or further? I think, well, never mind the contract situation. Obviously, they've invested highly, but um, it very much feels like the Vikings failed. It's a win-now situation. 
came close last year. We all expected them to get through the Philadelphia Eagles. Probably or Eagles, yeah. Probably underestimate the Eagles. But um, yeah, it's very much win now. The uh, running back coming back who got the injury last year from the draft. They drafted last year. I can't recall his name. Uh, Jared McKinnon. Yeah, no, he's gone to the 49ers, not McKinnon. The guy that got injured early in the season, didn't play for the season. They drafted him last year. Expecting right. big things of him. Sorry, we're, we're a bit rusty today. But but to your point about the to the Vikings, I think the fact that they have Kirk Cousins there, I don't think they're going to be that exciting. I think Kirk Cousins is a consistent level quarterback that was brought in for a reason. And there's a reason why they not broke the bank, but broke the precedent of contracts is because he will get them to a championship game. Uh, Which not, he's never done before. Yeah, not, not, not a guarantee, but as in he's their best likelihood out of all the options they had out there, out of everyone that they could have drafted, that he's someone you bring in and you're, you're getting a standard. It's then about building the rest of the team around him. I yeah. think they're, they're, they just know that the Packers have been in, I would say, rebuild mode, but you know the Packers weren't, obviously Rodgers was out last year. They haven't done a lot of free agents. Jimmy Graham has come in from Seattle at tight end. Uh, Jordy Nelson. Who seems to be the biggest waste of money the last few years, Jimmy Graham. Came on a little bit last Came season. Came on a little bit. I also questioned the Seahawks system and time to throw. But unfortunately, I, I would agree. He didn't. In terms of what they expected from what he was in, in New yeah. Orleans, uh, just back to the point, Jimmy Graham's gone into Green Packers, Bay, Jordy yeah. Nelson. There was a conversation who did they keep, Cobb or Nelson, because of obviously the, the calf space. Yeah. Jordy Nelson's gone to the Raiders. It'll be interesting to see what comes to the Packers. I think at the moment, I would put Vikings as the favourites for the division. Yeah. Um, it was annoying me, Dalvin Cook. Dalvin. I was just Dalvin came Cook. to. Well, me. he's going to come back, you know, as well. So that's another. He's going to come. It's actually a division with a lot of interesting, exciting running back talent. When you think of the dual threat in Chicago there as well, and yeah. now Legarrette Blunt at the Lions. Yeah. <laughs> just one thing on the uh, sorry to jump back into the Levy and Bell situation. Like Bell, as much as I I think it's a it's a very greedy situation. You look at some of the uh, the running backs that have moved around. Like McKinnon's gone to the Four Uniters, and on the back of one. Really good season with Minnesota. He's getting 16 million a year thereabouts. For a guy who was never deemed to be a standout running back in the league, it's like one year and then obviously Bell's probably looking at it going, I'm doing this for so long. But uh, but, but Jimmy Graham kind of set the precedent of he changed the contract situation from being paid a tight end because when he was with New Orleans... He lost his dispute. He lost he, the dispute, because he, but he, it was him st- setting it out there, like, you know, I play as another position. He, he was, and he was trying to get franchised as a wide receiver yeah. rather than that. And they, he lost, fundamentally, but, I mean, he was trying to reset the argument. Fun, funny you say about running back salaries as well. I mean, Patriots couldn't live with the price that Titans offered to Dion Lewis. So yeah. they lost Dion Lewis has been a key part. Salaries generally are going to increase. I mean, the salary cap keeps going up, guys. So, yeah. I mean, players are going to look for as much as they want. And in fact, just switching positions for a second, I'm intrigued, and I know we talked about the quarterback, Kirk Cousins and everything impacting upon things, but what about Mike Evans at wide receiver? Because the deal he's got with the Bucks, I'm fascinated to see what impact that's going to have on you know, Julio Jones' situation. Odell Beckham, my God, that's going to be a recent uh, situation. What number did he get again? He got made huge money. He got a five-year deal with the Bucks with a vast amount guaranteed. Uh, I think it was eighty-eight million over the five million, yeah, over the five, five years. years. But it was actually one of the things that I'm always fascinated by is the guaranteed sum. Yeah. Because it was the biggest sum guaranteed, if I remember correctly, to a non-quarterback in history. I mean, it was it was pretty impressive, and he did it as an extension. So you know, you can see the the benefits to that of the team. They really got him under contract for a longer period of time. Um, 
sorry, 50, 54, 55 million in guaranteed money. I think it was 55 million in guaranteed money. So you think about that, it's 11 million guaranteed a year, at least for the position. And, you know, um, on top of that and directly following that, Brandon Cook's deal with the Rams then as well, a five-year deal, having been traded to the Rams by the Patriots, he's made over 80 million as well as a headline figure. Sammy Watkins then has gone out of the Rams and he's gone to the Chiefs. So yeah. Mahomes to Watkins might be what we've seen a lot of this year again. He was getting 15, 16 million. Mahomes to Kelsey. That's I mean, that's always going to be the one. But It's always going to be there. Watkins is your home run player. Yeah. And just sorry, you just touched on the Bears there. I've actually taught the Bears did very well in free agency. Adam Robinson coming in from the uh, Jags wide receiver. I know he didn't play last year, but if he's the player that we saw previously, you'd expect big things. Trey Borton, who threw the, threw the touchdown mark in the Super Bowl on the Philly Special. Philly he's, Special, he's gone, to the, he's gone to the Bears. They brought in... Um, See, I wouldn't mind about... Tyler Gabriel, who's a home run hitter I was just well. about to say, Gabriel as a slot receiver and a speed yeah. merchant. That's an interesting one. I mean, the Bears had some good wide receivers if they could just stay healthy. I mean, they had terrible mm. trouble with them getting staying healthy again last season. Um, and Trubitsky... Uh, would I, you'd expect that they'll we'll open, open the playbook up to him this season. You'd yeah. hope so, but I mean, when he when he was given the chance, he he's got all the throws. Whether he's got the temperament to run an offense all game long, yeah. Um, but you know, like I said, they've got two very good young running backs there who are really dynamic for the season. So they could be someone that upsets the apple cart there in the NFC North. There's that quite a bit. And there's one team that we haven't really touched on. You vaguely mentioned there in passing. Mark was uh, the Oakland Raiders. Um, they're only worth mentioning vaguely in passing yeah because their tactics or their strategy for the offseason has baffled many many a man in terms of the aging profile of the players that they're they're bringing into the organization it's kind of uh, it's, uh, you think uh, Chucky coming John back as uh, John Gruden is still but living in the NFL 10 years ago but I think, I think but he's clear he came out and stated I don't do stats um, he, he was like, yeah, we knew that from watching him on a Monday yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, on Monday yeah. night. I love that player. Oh, I love oh, him. I love oh. him too. I'll yeah. have two of him. <laughs> um, actually, on talking about the broadcast, I mean, we talk about it's copycat league. It's clearly copycat for broadcasters as well because ESPN has announced its new uh, shake-up for their Monday night broadcasts and Sean McDonough, who was uh, hosting with Chucky, is gone. But the colour commentator for ESPN next year is going to be... Jason Witten. Jason Witten. Oh, look, we have a Dallas Cowboy person who's performed well on network television. There's Let's do that again. Let's do it with there's, there's a great interview done by Adam Scheffner on his podcast where he interviews both of them at the same time. Um, Romo and? No, Witten and... It's not not McDonough, but it's the, the main... Oh, the new guy. The, the, the new commentator for... Uh, sorry, the guy who was doing commentator with Chucky last year. Oh, uh, Mike Taroko. So Mike Taroko and Jason Witten are interviewed by Chef. And it's brilliant. It's really interesting to listen to the two of them. And it, like they're basically saying, I think Witten will do about eight games before the actual first official game because they'll go do preseason games that aren't even broadcast as warm-ups. But uh, he seems seems like somebody you'd actually prefer listening to than the likes of a Tony Romo. Oh, yes. Yeah, but it's yeah. just another cowboy. But, like, yeah. I mean, Witten is going to have the Witten. same shtick. Witten comes across a lot better than Romo. You think? I think he's going to have the exact same shtick. I, I, I think Witten will come out with some better lines, I think. Um. Yeah, Romo. I, I I like Romo. You don't. Sorry, it wouldn't be Romo's doing the Super Bowl this year only because well, he's working for uh, CBS and they they have the Super Bowl this year. So it'd be him and Sims. No, no, him, him and um, Jim Nance. Jim Nance. Sorry, yeah, 
Yeah, of course, Sims. Poor Sims is <laughs> pushed to one back, side. Relegated back to the studio. It wouldn't be Taroko. Sorry, he used to do Monday Night Football because they got a new guy in. Um, Tessitori, I think it is. Joe Tessitori. So that would have been the interview because they've completely yeah. revamped the whole thing. Um, that was it, And yeah. the reason I remember they've revamped the whole thing is they're going to have um, they're going to have Lisa Salters as a sideline reporter kind of as a female sideline reporter. But yeah, Beth Moins is going to do one of the Monday Night Games. So again... Being a female lead commentator, you're which doing is your analysis on the female. We're trying to, trying to, um, but uh, at the same token, they have another sideline reporter on Monday Night Football, who has the best name in the world, Booger McFarland. Booger McFarland. Booger B double O G E R. What character was he or she in Family Guy? Um, That's what I want to know. It feels a bit like that um, in relation to it, but I think sorry, he's not going to be a sideline reporter. I think they announced he's going to be kind of an analyst. Yeah. So he's going to be in the booth kind of analysing a little bit as well, which kind of basically strikes as, we'll have Jason Witten talking, wow, isn't that amazing? I played with this guy. Jesus, I played golf with him. And then you're going to have Boogum Farland actually doing the football analysis. Yeah. So Lisa Salters will do the sidelining and, that, you know, I, I don't know, I, I ESPN. We'll I, see how Monday Night Football goes. Yeah, I always look at these broadcasters as uh, our listeners probably don't know, but we work in the world of sports broadcasting here and in Ireland, which is nothing compared to what these guys do, and you hear all of the different versions and variations of commentators, color commentators, side reporters, everything, and it's uh, yeah, it's quite. Uh, I get jealous when I watch ESPN and see all of the. You, you, fancy you live the good life in here. Well, oh, yeah. So sorry. Yeah, I, I I have a job that does people think I do nothing, which is a great way to be. You know, I, I call Brian Double O Seven because I don't know what his job is. <laughs> <laughs> so um, look, guys. Uh, Plus échange, me qui s'aime chez shows, I think is Stick to more English. things to change, the more yeah. they stay the same. Yeah. Plus échange, plus même shows, même shows. That's it. Anyway, he's, um, already, he's already back with the uh, yeah the anecdotes at the end. Yeah. I was just yeah. trying to think. I mean, I think I was proust, but uh, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. I mean, lots of change has occurred with coaching staffs, yeah. with teams, with players, as we've seen. We will be breaking it more down, as I say, when we go through the contenders and pretenders, dealing with each team on a case-by-case basis, which means we can say lots of nice things about the Eagles and Cowboys, Brian, and lots of nasty things about the Browns and Steelers, Gordo. It'll yeah. be, uh, you know, par for the course. Um, but it does mean we get to focus on some of the teams that don't get the same attention we and speak, should. We might get to speak about the fallout between uh, Belichick and Brady. That's what doesn't, f- seem, doesn't what seem to be in result. What, what fallout? Oh, he didn't even turn up for we, the we, we say, camps. what fallout? Training camp, major training camp is kicking in, obviously. The mandatory training camps. We can start, we'll start talking about the players that aren't turning up and are getting fined and are losing money hand over fist. We fully expect Old Thomas to be one of them. Le'Veon Bell may be another. Um, it's, Julio it's Jones. Julio Jones, absolutely. Yeah. And like I say, on the back of Mike Evans and Brandon Cook's deal, I think that's going to be even tougher for the Falcons to try and land with the money they've given to Ryan and... Uh, Devontae Freeman, Freeman in particular. Yeah. So um, it becomes hard for them. But look, it's still football. It's still going to be the same 32 teams. It's still every team is building up now with excitement. Every team's fans are going to watch training camp and, every, and convince every, themselves this is going to be the year. This is when they come good. And at the end of the day, it's probably going to be the Patriots there. So <laughs> It's all good. It's all good. Um, early, early doors. We're talking so about... Is that, is that your tip, early doors? No, I was going to say early, early doors. We're in July... We haven't even seen training camp. We haven't seen any of the rookies on the field. Before we close up, guys, this is the one, you know, with little or no uh, feeling other than just gut feel. Who uh, You get to change the picks when we do our formal predictions, but who's going to be in the Super Bowl? 
in Atlanta in February 2019. Who wants this one? Yeah, you go first. Go on. Really? You want really? To go already? for it. I mean, I didn't tell you I was going to ask this question. That's why I'm just messing with you. But come on. The Rams and the Patriots. Interesting. I'm just going to go with the Rams outright winner. I think there's something this year, yeah. So no AFC representation. They're just going to get a walkover <laughs> in the yeah. Super Bowl. Right? I, I, from the AFC, I don't know. I, I'm, but I I'm do think... Come on. Okay, fine. The Patriots. You happy? the Jags? <laughs> I actually Jags actually after what last year, yeah. But I, I do think the Rams this year are probably one of the teams that could go very far. I'm really excited to see them this year. I'm interested to see the Rams and the 49ers in the West. I think they can only choose yeah. close this year. Yeah. It'd be interesting how big a jump the 49ers go. Yeah. That'd be really intriguing. Mm, yeah, well I mean Jimmy Garoppolo's never lost a game so far, still. That's I don't I, I probably, probably again, the matter, he's five, they, have, they have five years so they're sorted, but So if we come back in, in January, February and it's a Rams page of Super Bowl, I'm an absolute genius. <laughs> Well, the two of you are geniuses. Cause you both well, he, he's, he, he's on the easy run. I, I took a first. So, you know, so who are you going with? Giants, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I actually think the Eagles have a good chance uh, to repeat, but I go Saints. Against? It's, it's tough. It's tough to say I can... I can make a case for the Steelers, absolutely. Um, you know, eventually that last year for pulling a few it together. Players, yeah, yeah um, I can make a case actually for the Titans, and I didn't think I'd say that this time last year. But they've they've come on. I think the Jaguars will regress. Broncos, Broncos. No, no, Chiefs. no chance. No, no. no chance. One. I'm saying one of that AFC West. Whoever I, I comes think, out of the I AFC West will be challenging. I think the Chargers are a good. good yeah, that's my point because actually, I, I actually can make a few case for any of those teams: Chargers, Chiefs, Broncos, Raiders. Any one of them can come good, and anyone that comes out of that will be a, a serious challenge. Um, but, but yeah, I, 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 I have I, to I say... I your money on uh, Saquon for MVP. But my bet will be the Patriots. No, Saquon won't win MVP. Saquon won't even be offensive rookie. Rookie, rookie of the year. No. Oh, who will? One of the aforementioned quarterbacks. And when Saquon gets injured in week two in the training camp, we'll be here on the Irish NFL podcast, ready to bring it to you live <laughs> and exclusively. You me. No, <laughs> I don't think you'll want to talk about it for a while. Um, but look, um, guys, it's been great just to do another pod, get talking about NFL again. Um, like I say, over the next few weeks, we will be running down contenders, pretenders, and those in between us. Our breakdown of each team prior to the NFL season starting off. Um, we had the Eagles, I think, in the in-betweeners category last year, guys, rather than the content- uh, contenders. So, you know, not even our, we're perf- perfect and everything. But like I said, everything changes. Still going to be another season of football. Still can't wait to look forward to it. You know, personally, we've all gone through changes as well in the last few months. I mean, Gordon's in love. Yep. And, uh, you. you know... Fantastic every, news, isn't it? It's fantastic news. It's that's, great for the podcast. That's really the news of the pod yeah. for the year. It's great for the podcast. As well. He comes in with a smile on his face. Yeah, yeah. Day. He's also got a funny shade of red. But still, it must be his love for the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, that's that's that, what's that's coming it. through. That's what's coming yeah. through. Um, but we can't wait to bring it to you for the 2019 season. And like I say, we will have all our predictions and all our breakdowns in due course. But until next time, it's going to be goodbye from me. Goodbye from Brian. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye from Gordon. Goodbye. And yeah, I'll say goodbye again. Thanks very much. (laughs) Bye-bye.